Remember the last time you used a public restroom? Hey, y'all, come look at this. It's like the White House gives $6 billion to Iran like two weeks before this happens. This happens. And then the White House comes out and the press statements are like, Biden goes to Israel. He's like, we love the Jews. We stand unequivocally with Israel. All these people on the right that are pro-American that are like falling victim to this Palestine sympathy movement. These people hate you. These people want you dead. Palestinians want white America to be dead. Get that through your heads. Let's move away from Hamas. Look at the West Bank. Mahmoud Abbas, the leader of Fatah, the second Palestinian state, he's in his 18th year of his first democratically elected term as president. 18 year first term? Come on! But he should do Posa Denora for Bibi Netanyahu. After his vax stunt, where he f tried to sterilize 90% of the Jewish population in Israel. Palestinians didn't need to get vaccinated, but the Jews did. These fake Israeli scumlord leaders who are such lying pieces of shit. Haraf! And Jews, my brothers and sisters, I speak to you right now. Our leadership is compromised. There's people who want to accuse me of wanting to genocide the Palestinians. Farthest thing from the truth. I want there to be peace for my Jews. I want my government of Israel to stop harassing the Jews for the sake of this globalist agenda. I want the Palestinians to be free from Hamas. And I want Hamas to stop existing. Hamas means violence. You are on guard to guard the gates. You leave the gates wide open, whether on accident or on purpose. Sorry, but you had a sacred obligation and you're required to lay down on your sword to defend the gates and to leave them open is gross negligence. And yes, you should be put to death. It's a death penalty. If we really want to free these people, it's from Hamas. He's just standing there menacingly. I think we are live. Okay. I don't know if we actually are live or not yet. Click here when live for stream info viewer accounts and more. Okay, cool. So maybe we are live. Let me check in on the rumble and see. Oh, I'm on the computer here. And then waiting for stream. Okay, Adam's stream. And then waiting for stream. Oh, okay, we got it. Adam's stream. Adam's stream. Okay, we are live. We did this. And All right. Waiting for stream. So, oh, we got it. Adam. And start getting started with everything that we're doing here. We are live streaming to Rumble right now. We are live streaming to Twitter right now. And um, we're testing out some new features because the Adam King Show is going to be going live. And we are going to be putting out information to the whole world for everybody to see in real time 
um, especially in the light of today, Owen Troyer going to prison and um, all the events in the world and everything that's happened. But uh, to make a long story short, I am back and I am here in Los Angeles. I've been on the road for many months. I completed episode 50. I completed episode uh, 51 and 52, uh, but I had tremendous audio issues. And so I haven't posted at all to InfoWars in about two months. And this is a strange time to be on the sidelines watching. And it's just by default, you know, God's will, he has a way. And this is where I ended up. So, um... Whatever the case, I was traveling a lot. I did a couple specials on the road. You guys saw my um, my special that I did on um, what I do. I did two things. I did the Brighton Beach special, and then I went and stood out front of the global ADL headquarters and protested the ADL's involvement in free speech censorship all over the Internet. Um, back here in California, I got back, was inundated with work from after a month of travel and it took me so much to catch up. By the time I got caught up, the thing in Israel happened and I have just like been not able to make a comment, not able to talk about it and like, that's a good thing, because at first it was like everybody ran towards it. It was like this all-encompassing fire. Everybody wanted to say something. Everybody wanted to give their peace. You had everybody getting clicks. It was such, honestly, it was a clickbait frenzy for, the, for good and for bad. You know, people saying good things, people saying bad things, whatever the topic was. It's just massive amounts of extra Internet traffic that wasn't there the day before the attacks in Israel. So largely, I have sat this one out uh, until now, and I've watched and I've seen a lot of things happen and how quickly people change and how quickly things dissolve and how rapidly the world can switch its course or change its place. So, you know, I have a lot of opinions on the Israel-Palestinian thing. But um, first, before we get into the Israel-Palestinian thing, there's a lot to talk about. I want to focus on Owen Troyer because he's going to prison right now. Today he went into prison for 60 days. This is the first time in America's history that somebody has ever been jailed for their speech. Now, Owen is a very important friend of the show. I have guest-hosted The War Room for Owen Troyer, his show, on two separate occasions and he was jailed for free speech violations, as the government would have it. But, you know, we're out here on the outside while Owen is now uh, getting used to prison, or not even getting used to it. I hope he never gets used to it. May he be out sooner than he thinks. But for the next 60 days, Harrison Smith will be hosting The War Room. Chase Geyser is going to be hosting The American Journal. Of course... Alex Jones will always be hosting the Alex Jones show. And a lot of changes I'm seeing happening at InfoWars, all sorts of new ideas and factions and, and concepts are more freely spoken. And 
I find myself in a very interesting place to be. I'm the only Jew at the network and actually like, you know, a real Jew. And when I say real Jew, I'm not just talking about like somebody who has pure Jewish blood, which makes them a real Jew despite whatever they want, because it's really just about free will in the end. So, uh, but well, a real Jew, meaning that I stand up for Jewish values and I'm, I'm a Jew in public. I wear my yarmulke on wherever I go. And it's something that I carry with me and in a public way wherever I am. Before I get started, I want to point out that on my first live feed, I had tried to do, um, I tried to get on Instagram Live. They have banned me from Instagram Live. This last week, also, I got a complete deplatforming for the first time. And it's brutal when you're deplatformed. It's like the worst thing you could possibly experience. It's like complete silencing. So, other people are able to go on like Instagram Live and Facebook Live and all these things. They've disabled these features from me so that I cannot speak there. It's amazing that I'm on Rumble. We're live streaming to Rumble. We're live streaming to uh, Twitter. And, um, you know, we're not going to stop talking because they told us to stop talking. We didn't stop talking a long time ago when they told us that we should stop talking. And I'm not going to stop now. I have never stopped talking, and that is why I'm here doing this show, because my life has taken me on this grand adventure of censorship, and now I'm here broadcasting my beliefs and broadcasting everything that I believe in and everything that I do for the purpose and the sake of, um, for the purpose and the sake of all my beliefs. And so here I am. Adam King, never shutting up, on the day that Owen Schroyer goes to prison starting a live feed to up my ante into this game. You know, because I, I owe a lot to Owen Schroyer. i got to be honest. Despite however many people view this video, I, I, hope that it, I hope that it gives a recording as well, not just live, but a lot. I hope there's also a recording feature because I want to publish this to band after it goes live. But um, truth be told, when it comes to Owen Schroyer, like there was a podcast that Owen gave where he, you know, he gets animated sometimes. I'm sure you all have seen it. Owen's the best. Among us, he's the best. He's the best, hands down, Owen Schroyer, Alex Jones, the two best news coverages in the United States, maybe even the world. Um, I think the world of Owen, I try to never miss an episode. I get all my news from Owen, a uh, lot of my news from Owen, a lot of my news from Alex too, but Owen packs a different punch, a different opinion, and uh, and I, I, I really I always have had a lot of respect for Owen, and he's a great guy too, uh, terrific volleyball player, and, uh, you know, just a great human being. And the situation that he's going through, you know, he put out a call a while back. You guys all remember I was on the Ben Stein show. I was on the world according to Ben Stein for about a year and did a lot of cool stuff with Ben um, and then had uh, an opportunity to start the Adam King show. And it really kind of emerged out of Owen Schroyer in this like animated plea for people to start doing more. And he was right. I mean... He was absolutely right. I could easily start doing more. And so I did. 
started the Adam King show, had a year of guests. We did 50 episodes. We Up until now, we've done 52 episodes. We really did 53 episodes, but we've had to delete three episodes because of technical issues that didn't... Uh, so very unfortunate that we got to that place and whatever. We got there, three episodes down, and uh, so there's 50 published episodes and about 40 to 50 specials and shorts and stuff like that and clips that we've done total and everything in the first year of operations i wanted to do 52 episodes because 52 episodes to me was like an episode a week and technically we did 52 but it was whatever i want to get to 104 before year two is up and we are in i don't even know where we're at we're like september 22nd or something was september 21st was the first episode and and now we're um and now we're here. So um, to make a long story short, uh, we the, the situation with Owen Troyer um, really touches my nerve because I owe a lot to Owen. He put out a call to do more, and I started the Adam King show. I left Ben Stein, and it's been an amazing year. I met a lot of really great people. I've, I've contributed significantly to the revolution, and... Um, I feel like I'm doing more of my part to do what we got to do in order to break through to the next side. I'm going to give my official comments on Israel-Palestine in just a bit. And um, I, 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 I want to uh, focus a little bit more on <coughs> kind of some of the news that el elsewhere is happening besides Owen going to jail. You know, in these past two weeks since the Israeli-Palestinian situation erupted, the Internet has taken absolute ablaze with Israel-Palestine. The me news media, Israel-Palestine. It's like Ukraine doesn't even exist anymore. I bet you now they're like rolling out the resident evil demon creatures in Ukraine with all this cannon fodder of noise being diverted from Ukraine. Ukraine was like on its last days, like Vladimir Putin was about to kill Zelensky, please God, may it be soon, and end that war. And like the the course of humanity was about to be set on a different path. And the globalists, they couldn't have that. And so, you know, they needed a massive distraction and they were very successful in their accomplishing their goals. And the massive distraction was this Israel-Palestine situation. And the world has been in this cloud. Now, I'm an Orthodox Jew. I'm an Israeli citizen. I'm an American citizen. I'm a, First, I'm an American. I was born in America. I'm seven generations American Jewish. When I was 21, I made Aliyah, which means that I declared my my status as a citizen it was like some nationalistic thing i did i was 21 years old and um for whatever it is i try not to live in regrets but i think like the state took advantage of me because i was young and stupid and they gave a lot of benefits that could have helped me when i when i returned and now that i'm like now that i'm turning 40 i have a lot more that i could have benefit from but i quickly 
you know, I was in Israel for like three years and then I came back here and I've been living uh, in America ever since. So really, I'm an American and I'm an American first because Israel doesn't even have a constitution, you know. But yes, I did become an Israeli citizen and um, I do pray for my brothers and sisters over there, despite what I think about the Israeli government, which I'm going to get into in this segment. But first, I'm going to continue down this line of thinking because my perspective in this whole incident is is going to be very illuminating to a lot of you who have already joined the echo chambers and made up your minds on what you think truth is. So, God, it's like where to even begin? I even have like notes. You could see here. I'll switch the camera angle so you could see the the massive amounts of notes. I took pages and pages of notes on different topics that I want to go over in relation to uh, Israel-Palestine, but, uh, you know, I'm here now. Also, in my next live feed, I'm going to have a more uh, glossed-over camera, so I think this one's a little bit blurry, but that doesn't matter. Um, God, it's like... You know, everywhere you turn on this issue, everybody is like a chatterbox of like either this way or that way, and radicalization happens rapidly. Lots and lots and lots of radicalizations are going on. So much so that countries that have like no Palestinian populations and no Jewish populations also get involved. And they're just like... You got your fucking Norwegians or whatever. And all these people want to give their opinions. And Greta Thunberg, you know, with her postulation and her vegan grenades and her stupid, you know, electric vehicle tanks that she wants to go into now, like crippling the military with like this this sick culture of deterioration and set and and self-sabotage and suicide of the West. Um, by these degenerate death lords. And, um, you know, so here we are. We've arrived. These globalist, pig, commie, scum, fuck bastards, they needed their distraction. Here's the main thing. The U.S. needed to get more involved in the war in Ukraine. So what did it do? The globalists facilitated in some fashion through a real understanding that Israeli leadership has been compromised. Israeli sovereignty is compromised. I don't want to say Israeli sovereignty. I want to say Jewish sovereignty. The sovereignty of the Jewish people has been compromised. I was on this you could see in previous episodes i called this when they tried to max vax sterilize our people with this Bibi netanyahu kuzari scum lord and uh you know they had the most draconian vax laws on the planet but now they're leading the same people are back in power they're leading the country off of a cliff into war it, and it's all caused by the World Economic Forum. And they did this by standing down. I think you got to be an idiot to be a Jew and think that Israel, like, messed up. 
when it comes to national security, gross negligence is a crime. So, like, if this were, like, biblical days and, like, there was a sitting king, you know, if there was a sitting king, let's see if I got my crown out here. I do. If there was a sitting king, right, and this were biblical days, whoever did not catch that would be put to death. I just want to be clear, okay? I want everybody to listen in. Biblical Jerusalem, right? King over here from Judah. You are on guard to guard the gates. You leave the gates wide open, whether on accident or on purpose. Sorry, but you had a sacred obligation and you're required to lay down on your sword to defend the gates and to leave them open is gross negligence. And yes, you should be put to death. It's a death penalty. But also, if you commit treason, and it wasn't just gross negligence, but you intentionally let the gates down, well then, I would say that is much more than gross negligence. Treason is absolutely punishable by death on every standard, in every government, whether a monarchy or whether, uh, whether a monarchy or whether something other than a monarchy, a democracy. Treason is punishable by death. Ask Judith and Ethel, Ethel Rosenberg. Everybody knows about Judith and Ethel Rosenberg. Two people put to death for spying on the United, for committing treason in the United States. So we're dealing with a major, major treason on behalf of the Israeli Rothschild, whatever you are, government, whoever's backing you, you know, this elite overstructure, this American banking, vax, medical system overture, overstructure that you're a part of. Whoever's backing this state of Israel, it's not the Jews. And Jews, my brothers and sisters, I speak to you right now. Our leadership is compromised. We have no leadership and power right now that we can actually trust. Maybe, I don't know. Remember, Ayelet Shaked said that you should be you shouldn't be let out of your homes if you don't take the vaccine and also naftali bennett was a world economic vax lord and you know they all are doing whatever they want ehud barak and all these losers were on jeffrey epstein's island with the mossad shema yisrael ah the fucking mossad was on epstein's island shema yisrael we're supposed to be a light onto the nations that's supposed to be the representation of me? No. The government of Israel has lost its way. And, you know, there was always two kingdoms in biblical Israel. There was the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel. Side by side, Israel didn't want to be ruled by Judah. They didn't want to be a part of Judah. So they were just like, they made... The kingdom of Ephraim, Yoravan ben Navad was his name. He was the first king of the tribe of Ephraim, and he ruled the, twa the, the, he ruled the northern kingdom, and it was called the kingdom of Israel until Sancherib destroyed them, and later Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the kingdom of Judah. First exile. That's Babylon. That's not even Rome or any of this other stuff that we find ourselves in. Uh, you know, way before the British Mandate period, way before the Ottoman period, way before the uh, the Crusaders, way before the Romans, 
We've been dealing with returning to this land and people wanting to remove us from this land through many empires well before America. Many empires have tried to take us away from this land and we have continuously came back. So when people start talking about whose land it is and all this stupid stuff, there is so much precedence. In law, it's called precedence. There's so much precedence from history, actual history, of the Jews constantly returning to this land where we had an empire for almost a thousand years. And America's 248 years old. You know, so, like, we're talking about major stuff here. And when I say an empire, I mean like a civil structure. One time our country created world peace under the King Solomon. You know, world peace, something that everybody loves. Oh, this is great. We got a listener tuning in on the live feed. Who is it? I don't know. It doesn't say, but I wish it was. They are on the Twitter. Whoever is watching on Twitter, big shout out to my Twitter listeners. Please leave a comment in the thread because we're going to be going live from now on and we're going to be going live much more frequently because right now we're in the days of war and I got to show up for battle every day because I'm a king and this is what I got to do. So um, big shout out to everybody watching live. Oh, now it's seven people. Wow, we're moving up. Sorry, it's uploading slowly. We just got totally deplatformed, by the way. So this is big. We need your help building up the broadcast. These messages are one of a kind. You're not finding them anywhere else. I get hosted by InfoWarsBand.video. is one of the only places you can find me. Rumble, I just got up on Rumble. All the other social medias won't even allow me to have personal accounts. Uh, X, now that Elon Musk is, I got my X account, but whatever. So anyway, so these global elites, they, you know... Alex Jones just had this like unbelievable interview with Vivek Ramaswamy. And there's a scene in there where Alex is like the new world order and Vivek is like, correction, you mean the old world order. And he's absolutely right. It's this old world order that's trying to rule and dominate us. Um, this old world order that's trying to rule and dominate us. And... Um, they want us to never be free. And these are like the same people from ancient Egypt, the same old families, the same oppressors from every government, the ancient oldest families of the world, families you don't even know about. And tons of Nazi families I guarantee you don't know about, like the Quants and the Von Finks and the, and the Flicks and the Porsches, and all these other massive, massive families of billions of dollars of wealth that are orchestrating these, these things at the World Economic Forum for global takeover and re-Nazi emergence of the Fourth Reich. And that's what we're living through. And all these distractions that are happening and this country being blamed for that country and whatnot. So Israel has always had a Jewish presence. And anybody that goes on and on and says that the Jews have no claim to the land of Israel, go fuck yourselves. You guys are so stupid. Seriously, so stupid. The people who claim, well, the Palestinians are there now and it's their homes. That, I can understand what you're saying. 
But when you say shit like the Jews never had a historical thing and everything Jewish is fake and Jews are actually Kuzaris or some stupid shit like that. Like, it is so dumb. You sound like an idiot. You sound like a, a, a moron, somebody who doesn't even read the limited amount of history that we actually do get in, in our world. So the Jews definitely have a stake in this land. There are people there that own properties in this land, right? I've always been a proponent of like that, like everything. There's a solution for everything. You know, people could be bought out from their land like like Avraham did to uh, Ephron Echiti in the Bible when he bought the Maharat the Machpelah. He bought the rights of all of Hebron in the Bible. In one scene in the Bible, Abraham buys Hebron from a person in the Bible. There's a, a record of a transaction that took place for 400 silver shekels between Ephron Achiti and Avraham, uh, Abraham from the Bible. So the Bible is important. It records us like actually even making a purchase in this land. King David also purchased the land of Jerusalem from, um, uh, I think his name was like Aaron Anab. Uh, uh, something Aranava, something like this. Uh, his name—it's in the—it's in the Book of Kings. He's a—I uh, I believe he's not even Jewish. Actually, he used it as a threshing floor to uh, Jerusalem, the the mountain, the holy mountain that King David bought before it was its current form of a temple. It was a place where they would make uh, the threshing floor for the wheat. They'd take their wheat there and they'd process their wheat. I'll get the guy's name for you guys because I got a Bible on my desk all the time. Bibles, books. We believe in knowledge here. Okay, so I'm going to... This is my stone edition of the Tanakh. It probably is in the back in the index because it's such an important event. But anyway, so King David buys this piece of land. Um, who's calling me? If this is the second time... Oh. This call I'll get back to. So, so the land of Israel, there's two records of sale in the Bible, one in Jerusalem and one for Hebron. There's a record of sale in the Bible that the Jews bought this land from different ethnic groups that lived at the same time. There was never one ethnic group, the Hittites were there and the one that king david buys from it says it says his nationality but they weren't palestinians that's for sure you know who the real palestinians are the palestinians of the ancient world were not arabs at all the palestinians of the ancient world were aegeans that conquered the coastlines of israel they were foreign invading island hopping nations that conquered parts of the coast of ancient Israel. That's who the Plishtim were. When they say the, that they're the Plishtim, that's who the Plishtim were. The actual Plishtim, not these Arabs that call themselves Palestinians, but the Plishtim, the Palestinians of the Bible, were Aegean. They weren't Arab. They did not descend from Ishmael. So David buys this piece of land. 
Here it is. Uh, David. Pledge concerning Solomon. Defeats option. God, the index is so good. It's like a concordance. If you've ever seen like a concordance. Um, buys temple site from Ornan the Yevusi. His name is Ornan. So King David buys it from Arnon Hayavusi, the Jebusite. It's a different tribe. It's also not a Palestinian. King David bought the Temple Mount from Arnon Hayavusi. And I'll, I'll read to you what it says. It's crazy what it was. It was a cornfield where they processed the corn after. This is like the Temple Mount, right? Everybody's like, oh, Al-Aqsa, Al-Aqsa. Because they say that's where Muhammad rested his donkey. That's what they say. They, they deserve this site because Muhammad rested his donkey there. You're basically saying, your holiest site is the stable for my prophet. The stables. Shema Yisrael. But it's not even for a horse. It's not even for like some Arabian racehorse. It's a fucking donkey. God. And they probably took that from the Jesus narrative, that Jesus comes to Jerusalem on a donkey. So Muhammad also had to come to Jerusalem on a donkey. Because that's kind of like what they do. That's their whole, like, um... It's in Chronicles 21-25. Wait, which Chronicles? Chronic First Chronicles 21-25. Okay, so, First Chronicles 21 25. So David gave. Oh, here it is. I'll read the whole thing. The angel of Hashem told God, say to David, that David should go up and erect an altar to Hashem in the threshing floor of Ornan Hayavusi. So <laughs> the angel of God told this guy named God, his name was God. Hey, Gadi. Come over here, Gadi. I have a little story to tell you. And God said to David Melech, King David, go, that this angel came and, of God and said, do this. God is a prophet. So David went up as God had said, and Hashem, as Hashem commanded, God is Hashem. Hashem means the name of God. Like Ha means the, Shem means the name. We're just saying the name. We're not like, you know, invoking God or anything. We're just learning about it. So we're referring to God as the name of God. Ornan had turned back and seen the angel and his four sons were with him and they were hiding. Ornan had turned back and seen the angel and his four sons were with him and they were hiding. Ornan had been threshing wheat on the site of the Temple Mount. This is where Jacob had his dream of the ladder that ascends and descends to heaven, whatever that is. David approached Ornan. Ornan looked out and saw David. He came out of the threshing floor and prostrated himself to David with his face on the ground. David is the king. David said to Ornan, Give me the site of the threshing floor so that I may build an altar to God in it. Give it to me for the full price so that the plague will cease from the people. There's like a plague going on, I guess, and 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 he wants this thing to stop, and 
He offers him to buy it. He's the king of the army. He could take it. And he offers King David, the righteous king. He offers to buy it. But Ornan said to David, Take it for yourself and let my lord king do whatever is proper in his eyes. See, I have given you the cattle for burnt offerings, the threshing tools for firewood, and the wheat for a meal offering. I have given you everything. But then King David said to Ornan, No. I shall buy it for the full price, for I shall not offer to Hashem that which is yours, nor offer up a free burnt offering. So David gave Ornan for the place gold shekels weighing 600. David then built an altar there to Hashem, and he offered burnt offerings and a peace offerings. He called out to Hashem, and he responded, and God responded to him with fire from heaven upon the altar of the burnt offering. He put the animal on the offering and the fire came down and consumed it. Instead of lighting the fire below and it consumes the offering, the fire came down and consumed the offering. It took the offering. God then said the command and commanded the angel and the angels put their swords in his sheath. Meaning that the plague stopped and that everything was happened and everything was good so king david bought jerusalem the 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 temple mount from this guy ornan hayavusi in 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 the bible so they want to say that like we have the jews have no historic claim to the land of israel none of that and that kind of stuff is so bumbleclot stupid but when they go off and they say that you know there's Palestinians that are living there. That I can understand. That's like a humanistic thing. I can understand that there are people living in buildings, right? So the question is, is do they want to meet us in war or do they want to meet us in peace? That's the question. So far, the Jews have had no problem with these people living there. And we've been more than capable of removing them at any time if we want to. We got like nuclear missiles, we got like all sorts of like Marjorie Taylor Greene space lasers out there. You know, the Jewish people, suppose this government of Israel. I don't know about the Jewish people anymore. The government of Israel has all the technology in the possible world that it could possibly have. But they're accusing the Palestinians. The Palestinians are accusing Israel of being genociders. So are, is Israel like just like the worst genociders ever? Like, have you ever seen a genocider afraid of what the world thinks about them? No. So, is Israel genociding Palestinians? So far, Israel hasn't even attacked. They've just leafleted all these places, 24 hours that they're going to buy bomb, and they know that they know that that Israel has like these sites or that Hamas has these sites, they know like with absolute certainty that certain places are Hamas bases and they're leafletting the whole area so that civilians can clear out and then they're demolishing the whole part of the city of God, of, of Aza. And that's what's, those are the Israeli airstrikes. That's what's happening. So far there hasn't been even a retaliation from Israel. There's only been demolitions. And I'm sure people die in the demolitions and I'm also seeing videos of Palestinians painting their faces and making videos, uh, pretending that, you know, 
there's bombs in the streets, and I'm also seeing videos of absolute demolitions in Gaza where it doesn't even seem like there's a single dead person there. Like, you could hear the birds chirping. There's not a cry in the... It's like the day after. There's not a single cry. Like, you know, in any bombing that I've ever seen, which has been a lot because I'm only 40, turning 40. I'm going to be 40 years old. And I've seen a lot of them considering that like I live in a country that's been to war like, I don't know, like 10 times in my lifetime at least. It's fucking crazy. But yeah, like, so yeah, I've seen it like right after they do the bombings because it's always on the news. Always images the next day of people pulling other people out of the rubble, crying grandmothers, dogs that got reunited with their owners, like hurricane trauma and weather porn and all that stuff. And there's none of that in this situation, in some of these videos that I'm seeing, which means that the leaflets are working and the whole neighborhoods in the that are being bombed in this city and demolished, there's nobody there's nobody there. They're like حي ابو القاس بسموه منطقه الرمال يعني بدي احاول اغطي لك اغطيكم قد ما اقدر يعني يا الله كان هذا كله كان بيوت كله هان كان بيوت مدنية الحمد لله على سلامتكم ما ظل إشي ما ظل حرفيا هذه الرمال هذا منطقة الرمال يعني مربعات سكنية they're like absolute Hamas strongholds Hamas literally had 24 hours to even move their weapons out of those places they're not even blowing up bomb reserves or else you'd see like mass explosion after mass explosion. They're giving advance notice to civilians to get the get out of the area. And Hamas is getting out of the area, too. In some places, Hamas is even looking for people to be cannon fodder and be forced to be led there, left there. But the truth is, is. When we talk about free Palestine. Or free these these Arabs that call themselves ancient Palestinians. These, these Arabs that think that they're, that call themselves this Aegean nation, the title of another nation that was Aegean and not Arabic. And so the, they, if we really want to free these people, it's from Hamas. It's from tyranny. Look at even, let's move away from Hamas. Look at the West Bank. Mahmoud Abbas, the leader of Fatah, the second Palestinian state, he's in his 18th year of his first democratically elected term as president. 18 year first term? Come on. And 90% of the Palestinians, they actually live in Jordan. And so this is like a misnomer. When everybody goes crazy over Gaza, Gaza is like the most radicalized of all the Palestinian nations. There are three Palestinian nations. Gaza, the West Bank, and Jordan. Look at the flag of Jordan and Palestine. Look at it. 
Just look at it. It's the same flag. The exact same flag. Except on the Jordanian flag, there's a star in it because it's the capital of the Palestinians. So people got to get their history right on who they think the Palestinians are. When these people go around and they chant, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, they're talking about being free of Jews. Not that Jews and Palestinians can live side by side. Believe me, because I actually lived side by side. I actually lived in Gaza. In Aza, actually. There was Jewish communities all throughout the Aza territory, the Gaza Strip. And I actually lived on the beach in Shiratayam, the most beautiful Jewish colony in the, in the entire Gaza Strip. I don't even want to call it a colony or a settlement. I'm like debating in my head. Do I call it a settlement? Do I call it a colony? Because like all those things, like all these leftist loonies are like, see, he's a colonizer. Even though Israel like got its independence by defeating colonial England in battle, like Israel's a colonizer, even though like the legacy of Israel is decolonization. Independent people throwing off the yoke of their colonizers, just like America beat colonial England for independence, so too did Israel beat colonial England for independence. So Shiratayam was a town, a village in the Gaza Strip, a Jewish village in the Gaza Strip. I lived there. It was beautiful. I had this beautiful house on the beach. And I woke up to gunshots. I did, actually, one time. It was intense. We had to, Literally, I was... I buried myself in the sand because it was on the beach and it was over soon. It was it was insane. I didn't freaking open up fire on them, but they opened up fire on us in the Gaza Strip. I was there. And it was the most beautiful place. They were literally growing fruits and vegetables out of sand dunes. They had like all this, like there was these unbelievable companies that were there. They were like revolutionizing agriculture for the world. And like Europe had like most of its lettuce from is like something like 8% of Europe's lettuce actually came from this one region in the Gaza Strip. And it was like there was so much lettuce that was being sold like cabbages. I actually toured the facility in the Gaza Strip where they where they they had this. It was quite remarkable. But anyways, so the Gaza Strip, they the um, it was called the. Um, the hitnat kut in Hebrew, the, what do they call it? The disengagement. They called it a disengagement, and they basically destroyed all these communities. I was arrested. They destroyed all the business. They gave all the businesses to the Palestinians. Everything was just handed over to the Palestinians. These fake Israeli scumlord leaders who are such lying pieces of shit. Haraf! They did this to us. The Israeli leadership did this to us. George Bush, Condoleezza Rice, Colin Powell, they did this to us. They forced Ariel Sharon and they did Pulsa de Nura on Ariel Sharon. Pulsa de Nura is... Very serious, and he's been in a coma ever since. It's a Kabbalistic ritual where they block the portals of compassion for a person in heaven, and all their judgments come and their curses come. 
and and they suffered tremendous maladies. And Ariel Sharon received it after this. Somebody should do Pulsa Denora for Bibi Netanyahu after his vax stunt where he f- tried to sterilize 90% of the Jewish population in Israel. Palestinians didn't need to get vaccinated, but the Jews did. Shema Yisrael. Shema Yisrael. So this latest incident of Palestine-Israel, it's all fake. It's all propaganda. Israel's been compromised for a while by these globalist elites. I don't even think Israel has control over its own nuclear arsenal. I don't. Let me rephrase that. I don't think the Jews, like the interests of the Jews, have control over the nuclear arsenal. You know, like the interest of the, like that, that force that keeps us united through thousands of years, marrying each other, building our communities after, de- after, after devastation, after devastation, after devastation as we wander around. I heard from this one person who's important in my life that because the Jews were exiled by God, that they aren't allowed to return to the land until the until the Messiah comes. This person's a Christian. Loves Jesus. Loves Christianity. Like seriously, a Christian warrior like you can't believe. This person comes out and is like, the Messiah can't come to Israel and he does this like Satmar thing. The Messiah can't come to Israel. Until the Messiah comes, the Jews aren't allowed to go back. And I'm sitting here, and this is how we as Jews, we like, like, you know, like, whatever we are, chosen, not chosen, whatever, doesn't matter. Whatever we are, we deserve to live in peace. We deserve to live in tranquility. We deserve... To have a home that we don't have to be uprooted for, that we could go Jew off until infinity. Where better else than the land that we had our entire history based upon? But you want to know something? They don't want us to have that because they're so concerned about the Messiah coming back after 2,000 years of waiting around dark ages, even the ones who go off and they destroy the medicines, they go after like, they call them the witches and they burn them at the stake and all they do is they have the herbal apothecaries and they're healing the sick and all that stuff. And the Christians that only want healing to be done through faith, we learned all about the Middle Ages. It was so dark. We've been waiting for this Messiah for 2,000 years. The one that they swore to us was this one guy. And it's our fault that we didn't accept him. And it's our fault that we killed him, that they said. Even though he was killed by Romans. The spear of Longinus. Who is Longinus? A Roman. (sighs) Fucking dumb. By the way, Hitler paraded around the spear of Longinus through Berlin. He said he found it in an archaeological dig and he paraded around through the streets of Berlin. And 
you know, he did that because he was saying to Christianity, like, I, this is the spear that killed your God, huh? So, like, he thought that that meant that he had some destiny to win. And I don't know, maybe, who knows? Look at the situation now. The Nazis are sur surely making a comeback. The original Nazis, the Democrat Socialist Workers' Party of Nazi Germany, those Nazis are making a real comeback here in this world. They've invaded Israel. They've invaded the United States. They have control over massive amounts of Europe. They're leading the war in Ukraine. They brought us the pandemic. And all the shit that we're dealing with is all from the actual Nazis who are doing cover fire for themselves so they don't have to come out because the world hates Nazis and they don't want to have to be outed again. Uh, the the descendants of Gunther Quant. The families of Von Fink. Do I have that book here? I do. I want everybody to go buy this book by David DeJong. It's called Nazi Billionaires. This book by David DeJong, Nazi Billionaires, details the names of all the families that made, not all of them, but most of them, the really, really buco big billionaires that were made by Adolf Hitler, who are still billionaires to this day. Like the Porsches. Here, I'll list them. Uh, right in the index, it gives a name of these families. The Quants, the Flicks, the Von Finks, the Porsche Pieches, the Oetkers. There was a ton of them. There's a ton of them. There's even people in America, the Rymans, the Harfs. There were so many. There were so many. They made billions. They made billions. The Kaslowskis, the Von Ribbentrops. These are families. The Knutstals, the Schmitz, Alliance Company. You know Alliance, the insurance company? Nazi company. The Pavels, obviously the Goebbels, the Clattons, the Steinbrinks. The Ernst Flicks. The Von Brot. The Von Brotschitz. There's a lot of these families. They're very powerful families. They all have Adolf Hitler to thank for their billions. And you think that they don't. You think that they're just like. What's the word? That they're, that they're all no longer Nazis? What is it called when you um, rehabilitated? You think they're all rehabilitated, that they don't hate Jews anymore? Gunther Quant was building concentration camps, for crying out loud. And the Quants refused to even acknowledge their family's role in the Holocaust. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Situation in Israel is as this. Americans wanted to put pressure on Russia. They needed two American air, uh, aircraft carriers in the Mediterranean 
so they could fly over Turkey and cause conflict between Turkey and the Black Sea. They want to be able to put pressure on the Black Sea. So they gave a stand-down order to the Israelis. They funded it with the Iranians. The Iranians gave the money, did all the reconnaissance. It took a year. This was being done for a year. The Mossad, they think they, we think they missed it. I saw a video today of some dude on the phone on WhatsApp. It's on, it's on um, I sent it to a bunch of people on my Instagram, my fake Instagram. Well, I have a new Instagram account. It's not a fake Instagram account. I just hope it doesn't get deplatformed like the other one did because it took a long time to build up the other account. And these fucking censors are so stupid. They make me so mad. So anyways, back to the story. So, um, dude is on the phone with, on WhatsApp to his mother, claim, talking uh, that he killed ten Jews, and she, she's so proud of him. They released the whole call. Hello. <laughs> is releasing all this information from cell phones that they had and all, all sorts of stuff. So you mean to tell me they're able to get this WhatsApp conversation audio file, but they didn't know that this was coming? They didn't see this coming? And this was planned for one year? Shema Yisrael, they killed Jews! The state of Israel let this happen and they killed Jews so that a new world order or old world order or whatever this world order that is going on that doesn't give two shits about Jews or Palestinians. They needed two aircraft carriers within striking distance of Ukraine and now they got it. Because Biden, oh Biden, whose own White House press secretary can't even say one decent thing about Jewish people and is sitting there talking in the wake of this, how Muslim uh, attacks against Muslims are on the rise as a result of the Israel thing. This scumbucket, this lesbian scumbucket, this loser, this trash. She looks like a fucking Chia pet. Or like a Fraggle Rock doll or something like that. Oh, man, it pisses me off so bad. It's like the White House gives $6 billion to Iran. Like two weeks before this happens. This happens. 
and then the White House comes out, and the press statements are like, Biden goes to Israel, he's like, we love the Jews. We stand unequivocally with Israel. Yo, if you're standing with Israel, what? And then he's giving $100 million to the Palestinians. And I saw pictures going into the Rafah border crossing today. And it's not humanitarian aid that they let in. It's <laughs> weaponry. It's gasoline. It's things like that. Like the massive amounts of the, the foreign aid. They're not caught. The, the, there's equal amounts of gasoline as there is to food trucks. The amount of food trucks, it's astounding how little food trucks are going into Rafah. They want weapons because they want a war. And the government of Israel has like this show planned for the West to distract it from Ukraine. But now they're all super excited about it because everybody's on the Internet being like, Gog! They say Gog and Magog. But there is no such thing as Magog. Magog is a place and Gog is a person. So they're like, Gog from the, from the land of Magog. Everybody's like, it's the end times, it's the end times, oh Lord, it's the end times, it's getting close to the end times, we gotta be strong and vigilant in our faith, everybody give money to the church, everybody come in closer, oh blah, 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 and everybody's like doing like fundraising, clickbaiting, I see this guy Nathan Buzalik, this guy is such a scammer, man. Nathan Buzalik. I met him at a Jewish party once and he like lied. He was like telling me that he's a Jew and like he's whatever. He, he like tried to become my friend once. And I thought he was sincere about his friendship with me. I really did. Nathan Buzalik. I think his Instagram is like Nate Buzz. He's got like three million followers or some stupid shit. Like that. he's such an actor. He's like an Australian actor, you know, and he's like he's like out there making these videos for Israel all the time, you know, like everything. This guy like friended me just on the like thought that like I would become a Christian later. So he like friended me, started this conversation and it was just like, it was all predicated at the end. It was like, so you will become a Christian, right? It's like, fuck off, dude. But anyways, these people are getting clickbait. So Nathan Buzalik is like getting all famous and respected amongst the Jews. And he's a fake piece of trash. He doesn't really care. He's just using this as a way to get clicks for his videos and stuff like that. This whole thing on the Internet is just clicks for his videos. And, you know, they all that's all they want is clicks for their videos. I asked Nathan if he'd come on the show and he's like not interested. Because all he wants is clicks from his videos. I text him. I text him because he, you know, like I said, we were like, he came at me like he was my friend and all. And he's so fake. All of them, they all want money. And they get money when they get clicks. They get donations. They get popularity. They turn it into business opportunities for themselves. It's called grifting. And it's lame. Notice I haven't made a video about Israel-Palestine until now. I'm getting calls left and right. Are you going to make a comment? Are you going to make a comment? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Adam Green had me on with Lucas Gage and uh, Big Tech and this guy Alfred. We had a great conversation. I'll post a QR code so that you could listen. These were like all people who like really don't like the Jews. And like we had a great conversation together. But other than that, I've been quiet. People want to know what I got to say. I've been quiet. I'm not joining in this cannon fodder of noise to give cover fire for the new world order of their plans or the old world order. 
And Vivek Ramaswamy is right. We should call them the old world order because they're being left. Calling them the new world order implies that they're here to stay. The old world order is fading away. And the real new world order is conquering these elitist scumbag pigs who think that they could just, these reptilian scum lords that just want to rule us and treat all human beings like we're cattle. So I'm coming to, uh, this, is, this, this is my first live stream, and it's also my comments on Israel-Palestine, and it will be found on Bandai Video uh, for InfoWars. And so I, and this is the first time I really have like a show by myself. I'm going to start doing this more often and not having guests and just doing a live stream of opinion and getting my thoughts out there where I don't have to like, you know, sit there and either debate somebody or whatever. I could just share my knowledge because I got a lot of knowledge and I, I have what to say and I want people to hear what I got to say. So the Jews are being held hostage by this fake government that parades itself around as being some sort of Jewish thing when they just want to sterilize Vax us or get us into wars. And then the Hamas, these are like real murderers. These people are like killers. They truly want to hurt people. They truly don't care about the West. They're not a resistance movement. They're Islamic Jihad. They are a chapter of the Muslim Brotherhood. The first, the, go read the charter. I'll put a link in the recap. Go read the charter of the Muslim Brotherhood. Click a QR code if I put one up. Read the charter. The first line says that they are the Muslim Brotherhood. The Hamas is the Muslim Brotherhood of Egypt. It's the charter of the Muslim Brotherhood of Egypt's branch office in the Gaza Strip. It's Article 1 of their freaking charter. It's not a resistance movement. It's a foreign nation. It's Egypt. It's a, a political movement in a foreign nation. It's, they're not Palestinians. These are occupiers of the Palest Arab occupiers of the Palestinians. And it's like so nuanced. So if you're in the America, just get out. I don't need American money in Israel. I don't want that. I don't want that narrative. I don't want the narrative of uh, so, so I hope that American money doesn't go to Israel. I hope it doesn't go to the Palestinians either. I hope America stops giving foreign aid altogether. I think nations should give money to America. You know, if they want to be friends with America, they should give a tribute to America. I don't think that America should be buying friends amongst a bunch of dictators and freaking tyrants all over the world. That's not we the people. That's not America. That's not freedom for all. Justice and liberty for all. On the day Owen Troyer is going to jail for free speech violations, Shema Yisrael. So, long story short, we're going to wrap up this live stream and this uh, band uh, clip in a second. They killed Jews. They killed 1,400 Jews. And it's important to understand what this is like because people see the number 1,400 and they don't really see the significance of it. In Israel, there's like 7.5 million Jews. In America, there's 7.5 million uh, Throughout the rest of the world... There's about 7.5 million Jews, totaling about 15 million Jews in the whole world. That's it. Our whole population, 0.02% of the world population. We're an ultra-minority of the world population. An ultra-minority. 
The media can't stop talking about us, damn it. They love us. Anything that happens to the Jews, they love, 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 love us. It becomes like the main the main fire-stoking narrative. Anything, because it's like Jewish scapegoatism. It's like when the press puts Israel on the front page of everything all the time, nonstop, whenever anything's happening. It's all global distraction. So they so 1,400... There's 320 million Americans. So Americans out there get an understanding of what it's like being a Jew in America even. Not even just a Jew in Israel. I'm a Jew in America. It's only 15 million Jews. A massacre that kills 1,400 Jews in a single six-hour period where there was like literally no response, no military engagement till after six hours pushing these people out, many of which... They got to like leisurely eat the food out of their, uh, out of the Jews' homes, and then casually walk their hostages that they chose to spare back to Gaza. So in this time where there was no response and there was like a total stand down from the Israeli government, fourteen hundred Jews were massacred. That would be the equivalent of forty-seven thousand Americans being massacred by guns, by, gu by active shooters with GoPros streaming live on the internet while this is going on. It would be the equivalent of 47,000 Americans being killed. Where would you even do that? Running through the streets of New York City? I don't know. There's more people... There's more than 47,000 people at most sporting events if it was an attack on a, on, a, on a center in America. How do you get to 47,000 Americans in a single, single six-hour period? But that's what it feels like to Jews. The loss is so severe. 9-11 was 3,500 Americans. Just imagine the response in America if there were 47,000 deaths, Pulse nightclub, Vegas shooter, all these deaths, there was, was a lot of deaths. I think there was like 53 or something in Pulse nightclub. I think there was like 200 and something in Vegas or something like that. It was an insane number. Maybe even more. 47,000. Uvalde. All the way back to Columbine. Every publicized mass shooter incident. Imagine if there was one that took 47,000 Americans. Imagine the devastation that that would do to America. Imagine every single American would hang flags outside. Every building would be flags at half-mast. It would be a day consecrated to history like September 11th is. There would be songs ad nauseum by country singers about it. And everybody, not just country singers, everybody would sing about it. There'd be art up the wazoo about it. Sad art about it in America as it expresses its pain. And the day after this attack, everybody ran to the streets saying, Oh, the poor suffering Palestinians. Oh my God, the free Gaza and all this stupid shit. And Harvard University and all these schools. I've like been taken over by like this jihadi loving sentiment that has nothing to do with the 
poor innocent Gazans, whoever is innocent in Gaza, is suffering tremendously from Hamas. They don't want Hamas. I see on Instagram all these people speaking from Gaza speaking out against Hamas. But if you look to America, the leftist liberal Nazi loonies seem to be aligning themselves with their Nazi counterparts in Hamas. They love it. They're like proportional response. Israel hasn't even done a proportional response. You're right. Israel didn't target civilians. It dropped leaflets all over the places that it was going to bomb, giving 24 to 48 hours notice of evacuation before it bombed it. Proportional response. Like the government of Israel is going to go or like rape the same amount of girls, behead the same amount of babies, kill the same amount of people, kidnap the same amount of grandmothers. Proportional response. What does proportionate response even mean when people talk this stupid nonsense? So, like, it is, like, so convoluted because, like, Jews are caught in the middle of this. And we see that our government gave a stand-down order for a foreign entity to come slaughter us because of some international alignment that it has, it's unwilling to disclose it to the people. But there's an international alignment that Israel is a part of where it actually allows for the slaughter, the massacre of its own people so that other nations' objectives can be fulfilled. And then they have the gall and the audacity to blame it on gross negligence. <laughs> Shema Yisrael. Mamash Shema Yisrael. Shema Yisrael. Really, for real. And everybody who hears me saying Shema Yisrael, really, I say to you, Shema Yisrael. Wake up. This is so sad. This is why there's no temple in Jerusalem because they don't let us have a temple in Jerusalem. This is why all the people live in apartment buildings because they don't let us have homes. They don't let us own land. They don't encourage Jewish land ownership. They don't encourage Jews taking a deed of trust to the land. They encourage tenantship, transientship, this government never wants the Jews to return to the land of Israel. This government is an illusion built to trick the Jews into thinking that we've had our return, that we have our protector, our Medina. It's so fake. It's just an illusion. Probably largely backed by the actual Nazis to keep us in one place while they rebuild themselves with this 2020 globalism, World Economic Forum, World Health Organization vaccine program for humanity. We're living in some crazy times. And to be a Jew during this time, it's crazy. 
I'll tell you on like every single one of my videos on band, like I have to go through the comments and there's a lot of comments. I'm not, I like, I never put up. I don't allow people to, I don't allow, um, them on my comment section. Cause they're just like, fuck you Jew. All the Jews should die. All that stuff. Jews killed Jesus, all that stuff. I get so much of that. And I was talking to Chase Geyser the other day about it, and he was telling me about how they tried to do a job of monitoring all that stuff on the network. But I'm going to say on this episode, I'm going to allow every single one of them. I want to show it because people are going to say that. People are going to talk about the Jew and this and that. Go ahead. Say whatever you want in the comments about the Jews. Let your opinions be heard. Let it out. I know how you feel about me. I know how it makes you feel a Jew on speaking on Bandot video like this, a Jew on Bandot video even. I know that Nick Fuentes and his angry mob of incel masturbator cult go crazy every time I do something. These fucking losers, they like have called my family members. They've like done pranks on me where they've like artificially changed my voice so that they can like trick my family members I'm doing things this like invisible groper pervert masturbator army who like hates Jews with a passion they sit behind their cameras and they jerk off while they do these pranks to good people like myself and I'm gonna let your comments go all you groipers who follow me and all your right-wing watchers that follow me and all these organizations that follow me and report me wherever I go and try to make my online life a living hell. I'm going to let all your comments slide. Every comment in this episode gets accepted. Say whatever you want to me. These are my opinions. These are my thoughts. This is what I believe in. I'm a Jew. That's who I am. I'm a Jew. I was born a Jew. It is my blood. I have the genetic tracers of a Jew in my blood. There's people who want to accuse me of wanting to genocide the Palestinians. Farthest thing from the truth. I want there to be peace for my Jews. I want my government of Israel to stop harassing the Jews for the sake of this globalist agenda. I want the Palestinians to be free from Hamas. And I want Hamas to stop existing. Hamas means violence. So I want everybody to know how I feel about these, these issues. It's time for me to talk about it. It's time for me to share my thoughts and what I feel about the subject. And like, this is what I feel. You know, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things happening in this conflict that doesn't add up. And it's not just that it doesn't add up on the Israeli side, doesn't add up on the American side, doesn't add up on the, anybody's side. You know, the Palestinians are clearly doing the will of the, uh, uh, of the Iranians and Hamas. And this whole Gaza thing in the universities across the United States seems very, very planned right now. So all I see in this free Palestine movement is like these pro... All I see across this Palestine movement goes from university to university to university. And it's all the same thing. All they want to do is belittle the Jews. All they want to do is talk about massacre. I see them stand up and they call the leaders of the Palestinians. They call for a million people to be slaughtered. Uh, 
what's his name? Khalid Mashal said in an interview that um, Khalid Mashal said in an interview he said that um, the Al he's always comparing the Algerian revolution of liberation to the Palestinian struggle. عملية من هذا النوع تقوم بها حماس هذه ليست عملية عادية هذه بمثابة إعلان حرب وبالتالي البعض يقول كيف كانت حساباتكم لردود الفعل الإسرائيلية نحن نشاهد ما يحدث في قطاع غزة من مأساة إنسانية كبيرة صح عليها سكان غزة لا تمت استشارة الفصائل ولا استشارة السلطة ولا استشارة سكان غزة أنتم اتخذتم القرار وحدكم هذه اللحظة العبقرية التي استطاعت كتائب القسام أن تفاجئ بها العدو وكل استخبارات العالم هذا كان ينبغي أن يكون في إطار ضيق لكن نحن هنا لم نبتدع مقاومة جديدة نحن في جو المقاومة فحين تقوم بخطوة هو في سياق مقاومة مشروعة شعبنا طيب. اتفق عليه أنت تتحدث في نقاط مهمة تقول أن هذه مقاومة مشروعة من وجهة نظركم ولكن ما شهده العالم على شاشات التلفاز في العالم الغربي كان انتهاكات من حركة حماس ضد المدنيين الإسرائيليين حتى أن الحركة وأنت مسؤول عن صورة الحركة في الخارج أصبحت تقرن بداعش هذه تهمة طبعا افتراها نتنياهو هذا الغرب للأسف متواطئ الشعوب يا أختي العزيزة لا تتحرر بسهولة الروس قدموا 30 مليون ضحية في الحرب العالمية الثانية حتى يتحرروا من هجوم هتلر عليهم الشعب الفيتنامي قدم 3 مليون ونصف بني آدم حتى هزموا الأمريكان افغانستان هزمت الاتحاد السوفيتي اولا ثم امريكا بملايين من الشهداء الشعب الجزائري 6 ملايين شهيد عبر 130 عاما الشعب الفلسطيني مثل مثل كل شعوب ما في شعب يتحرر بدون تضحيات كيف تطالب الغرب والعالم والعالم بان يناصر القضيه الفلسطينيه وما يتصدر المشهد الان هي الممارسات التي ارتكبتها حماس باتجاه المدنيين الاسرائيليين سيد خالد انت تعلم ان هناك تعاطف كبير اكتسبته اسرائيل من هذه المشاهد هل في فكر وعقيده حماس التعامل هكذا مع المدنيين انا قلت لك يا اختي العزيزه حماس وكتائب القسام والاجهزه العسكريه تركز مقاومتها على قوات الاحتلال على الجنود لكن في كل الحروب يسقط بعض الضحايا من المدنيين لسنا مسؤولين عنهم وهل يمكن ان تعتذروا عما حدث باتجاه المدنيين الاسرائيليين خلال عمليه السابع من اكتوبر والله اسمحي لي سؤالك اسمحي لي مع الاحترام لك الاعتذار ينبغي ان يطلب من اسرائيل انت انت سالتيني سؤال انا اجيبك بوضوح م. Hamas you know it, it'll take millions of deaths they're like literally calling for millions of deaths they want millions of deaths I've seen Palestinian protesters in America call for millions of deaths they're shoving traffic they're attacking any white person that they can any American any Westerner all these people on the right that are pro-american that are like falling victim to this Palestine sympathy movement these people hate you. These people want you dead. The Palestinians want white America to be dead. Get that through your heads. Look, I really appreciate everybody tuning in. This was great doing my first live feed. Now I know how to do this. I'm going to do a lot more live feeds. And I'm going to edit this video and uh, put it up on band so that people could see it as a whole broadcast. 
and people leave comments. I'm here to listen to your comments. I'm here to listen to whatever you have to say. I'm standing up for truth. And this is my truth. This is the truth, actually. You know, this should be a normal Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, April 24th. And this should be a normal Tuesday. There should be nothing out of the ordinary going on. But it's not. The government of Israel... And, and my criticism of the government of Israel is not to, to exempt Palestinians from blame. They fucking murdered people. They murdered people, innocent people. Look, we say in Judaism, and I'll end on this, Melech Ohev Tzedakah Umishpat. The king loves justice and righteousness. And the king is coming to clean house. On that note, I'm signing off of my first podcast, my first live podcast. I'm Adam King, the host of the Adam King Show, found on Bandai Video, and soon to be Rumble and any other platform I can get myself on. Stay tuned. We have a lot coming up. I'm back. I'm done traveling. I'm caught up on my work, and I'm going to start making videos again. So get ready to hear my voice, everybody, because I'm never going to shut up. I will never shut up. Peace.